Hello and welcome back to Disco Fever, a podcast presented by Subpart Disc Golf. It's just Jackson today, no Tyler. He is on vacation while I'm still here doing all the work, but I am joined by a special guest. I am Dixie Malaby, Jackson's mom. So I'll still be giving you most of the information, but if she ever has something interesting to say, to her at least, she will pop in and give her opinions. All right. So, this last week, we had a couple A-tier events. No majors or anything, but we had the Sula Open in Norway. And it was a exciting finish between Greg Barsby and Jakub Simarad. And also, just a preface to the entire episode, there's a lot of European names in today's episode, which I'm known to struggle with. So, there, I'm bound to pronounce something wrong, so don't get mad at me. But we had Greg Barsby and Jakub Simrad going a hole 18, with Simrad holding just a one-stroke lead on the par 4, 637-foot hole 18. And we had Simrad get a bogey and Barsby get a par. So that brought them to both down 15. So this resulted in them having to go to a playoff where they just replay hole 18, the 637-foot par 4, again. And both of their tee shots landed in the fairway, but Barsby had the distance. He had the advantage in the distance. Simrad didn't throw quite as far. So Simrad had to throw second. He'd go first on his second shot. And he the green for on hole 18 is surrounded by a wall that is supposed to keep your disc from rolling a long ways away. But the OB line is actually a little bit before the wall. So Simrad threw his drive, not his drive, his second shot, his drive into the green, and went a little deep, and it actually rolled and sat up against the wall, resulting in it, be, in it being out of bounds. So then Barsby, all Barsby had to do was throw a pretty safe shot, but he still pulled a driver out of his bag and pretty much parked it. He hit the tractor that the whole 18 basket is sitting on, Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say the basket is on a tractor? Yes, it is. It's an elevated basket, but not in the traditional sense, because it's just sitting on a tractor. So it's a, there's actually a course in Oklahoma that, no, in Kansas, it's not in Oklahoma, it's in Kansas, that has a, its signature hole is on a tractor. Okay, now I'm going to have to look these up. It's, if you haven't watched the coverage, I think it was on, it's on Gateway or somewhere on YouTube. You can just go look up the Sula Open. You can see it was an exciting finish. So even if you don't just want to see the tractor, you can see an exciting disc golf finish too. Because Barsby, after hitting the tractor, it rolled a little bit away. But Simrad had to go first again on the third shot. But he, he made, not, well, it was third his third shot, but it was actually for par since he rolled out of bounds. And he did make the par. So all the pressure was on Barsby to win the event with a birdie putt which he did. He made the edge of the circle putt for the win, for the birdie. Final scores, Greg Barsby obviously got first place, um, Simarod second. They both technically shot 15 down since the playoff holes don't count towards their final score. And then Yona Hinnanen shot a down 12, just three strokes back to take third place. Other notable finishes... Only a couple days after playing in the U.S., James Conrad took fourth place at down 10. It's a very quick turnaround for him. Had to immediately jump on a flight. Calvin Heimberg, who he did not play last week in the U.S. He was already over here in Europe. 
he only tied for fifth at eight down with Kevin Jones also at eight down. So both of those players taking the you know last week's tournament off in the U.S. to come over here and start practicing for these, you'd like to see them you know with a weaker field with it just being an A tier. We'd like to see them take higher places, especially Calvin Heimberg, who is, you know, he started out as one of the top players on tour. He still has a pretty high ranking, but the last couple of tournaments, he's gotten not very good finishes. And this is a top five finish, which seems good, but for a player of his caliber and just a normal A tier event where the field is pretty weak, you'd think he'd be in contention. And at eight down, he was, you know, Barsby won it at 15 down, so Heimberg was almost he almost half Barsby's strokes back. So not a good finish for him. But the also the if you haven't watched the coverage, you you have to watch hole 18 because it's in the playoff. It's good. You can see the tractor, and you can also see the trophy, which is the probably undisputably the best trophy on tour so far. Because for winning, you get a like a Viking battle axe and shield, which I don't know how Barsby is going to get that back through customs. He might have to, you know, give all his winnings towards paying to ship it back. But I definitely want it home because it looks really cool. And besides the Sula Open, we also had the River City Open, still at an A tier in the U.S. in Michigan, and it was a lot closer, but no dramatic playoff holes. We had Aaron Gossage come away with first at down 38. Andrew Marweed came in second at down 37. And then a popular duo from you know last couple tournaments, we had Kyle Klein and Chris Clemens get third at down 36. So those, the podium only separated by a couple strokes there. That's enough of the recaps. Going forward, on Wednesday the 20th, we have the President's Cup in Nokia, Finland. So the players are moving over from Norway to Finland. And the President's Cup isn't a typical tournament. It's it's played every year that the European Open is since 2006, and it just pits some of the best players from Europe against some of the best from the U.S. And Team USA is actually 7-0. and They have never lost the President's Cup. But Europe does have its strongest team ever, so they'll be looking to, you know avenge their losing streak and finally get a win and you can follow along on udisc live i'm not sure if there will be any live coverage or any post-production on youtube i'm sure you can find it somewhere if you look up the president's cup after you know in a couple days but if not you can just follow along on udisc live where you'll be able to see not only the individual results and stats but also the team scores and how each throw could affect them. Because the rules are confusing. I will explain them as best I can. But, you know, if you don't understand it from what I say, UDisc Live will also explain it to you. So in round one, they play normal stroke play, where everyone on the card of four players is competing for a share of seven points. So the winner is going to get four points for their team. The person that comes in second place on the card is going to get two points, third one point, and no points for fourth. So it'll be two U.S. players and two Europe players on the card. And there's also two women playing from both countries, your continents, if you're talking about Europe, U.S. is just a country. And they'll be playing against each other on one card. So total of 52 points up for grabs. Round one, they're 28 but the team can only get 24. The second round is a little different. Instead of individual stroke play competing against 
you know, everyone on the card, they're playing match play, which is similar to skins in that they're playing head-to-head against the other players on the card, but they're only playing against one other player. So the Team USA, one Team USA player on the card is playing against one Team Europe player on the same card. And the match winner is awarded three points after the nine holes they play if they win the most holes. So that's how it's similar to skins. You're only trying to win the hole. You're trying to have the lowest score on each individual hole. But unlike skins, the holes don't push. So if a team doesn't win the hole, they have no value after. So this format is fun to watch. It's always fun to watch match play. Because since the scores don't matter, it doesn't matter if you bogey, birdie, or par as long as you beat the person you're playing against. If you know if Team Europe gets a birdie and Team USA needs one, even if they're 100 feet away, they're going to fully run the shot and try to make it. Because if they don't make the birdie, then Team Europe wins the hole. So did I? what do you think? Did I explain that good? Do you understand it? I think I understand. It's... If you don't always, you can always just go follow along and you disc live. They'll probably do a better job at explaining it. But we're going to also give you the teams so you know what to expect. There's a team captain for each team, which actually doesn't, they don't play the tournament. But for Team USA, it's Jeremy Colling, Big Germ. And then the team captain for Europe is Johan Nibo, who is Nibo, who is um, a pretty prominent player over in Europe. And the Team USA. The rest of the roster for Team USA is Ricky Wysocki, Eagle McMahon, who is finally back. We'll talk about that in our European Open preview. Paul McBeth, Calvin Heimberg, James Conrad, Adam Hamez, and then the women are Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen. And they also have reserves, who are Kevin Jones and Kona Panis. And then for Team Europe, obviously the captain is Johan Nibbo, and then the players, Simon Lazat, most notably, Nicholas Antilla, Laurie Littonen, Albert Tam, Veno McKella, Knute Haaland, Evelina Salonen, and Hina Blumru. Hopefully I pronounced those right. I did not know Simon was not American. His name, like Lazat? You think that was There's American? a lot of weird American names, too. He is from... He is German. Okay. So that's why he's a lot of the European players are represented by Discmania and other brands like that because they're located in Europe. That makes sense. And the reserves for Team Europe, we have Seppu Payu, and then also Hina Blumru is listed again as a reserve, but I think she just already replaced uh, Kristen Tatar as a starter because Kristen Tatar is also not playing in the President's Cup or the European Open. But So that's the President's Cup. It's going to be something fun to watch. Or at least, you know, look at the scores if it's not on YouTube. But we're going to move into the actual European Open now, which is also in Finland. It's also in Nokia, Finland. It's at the same course a day later through the weekend. And some course notes. It's a par 63, 9,091 feet. It has 10 par 3s, 7 par 4s, and 1 par 5. And last week we gave you some keys to victory for the the last major but on this course it doesn't really benefit any particular playstyle. it's a good mix of open shots wooded shots and different elevations so you really just need someone with a complete game to win this course and the biggest headline is the eagle wick man is back in action 
He hasn't played since April after dropping out of the Jonesboro Open due to a reoccurring shoulder injury. So in October of last year, he injured it during a Jomez shoot, trying to throw a weird shot. He's trying to throw like a forehand and a backhand way or something weird. And he injured his shoulder, which he'd injured before. He rehabbed and registered a solid tournament finish. And then going into Jonesboro, he said he felt pretty good. But during the Jonesboro Open, he felt a pop. And he's been out ever since then. He planned to just take May off, but he's taken May, June, and you know half of July off. But he's finally back, so we'll see if he's still limited to backhands, if he'll throw some lefty shots, or if his forehand is serviceable again. So it remains to be seen. We'll cover that next week. But the rest of the field, not as strong of a field as most majors, because a lot of people from the U.S. aren't willing to come over to Europe to play. But we still have Ricky Wysocki, Ewick Mann, Paul McBeth, Calvin Heimberg, Simon Lazat, James Conrad, Adam Hammes, Kevin Jones, among others. You know, still a lot of thousand-rated players playing. And another interesting headline that all the players I just listed will be hoping to take home is $10,000 for the first player to ace the 500-foot par 3 hole 15 at the European Open. And the hole is downhill, so it's not actually, you know, you might be thinking a 500-foot ace, no wonder they're offering $10,000, no one's going to do that. But the hole probably only plays as, you know, 350, maybe 400, because it's, you know, such a downhill shot. So. That still sounds way too far to make an ace. Yeah, I'm definitely out of our range. Uh, it's still going to require a really good shot at, you know, 300, 350, 400, whatever the downhill takes out of it. But $10,000 is definitely a, a good reason to try to make it. And going into some predictions and, you know, stats previous winners, this tournament's been played nine times since 2006, and Paul McBeth has won the last five. He won in 2013, 2015, 16, and 17, and then 2019, which was when this tournament was played most recently. And 2015 and 16, Macbeth won both, obviously, and he was followed by Ricky Wysocki, a pair that are always dueling it out. 2017, Barsby, Greg Barsby came in second, and he just won the Sula Open, with Simon Lazat coming in third. 2019, we had Macbeth take it again with Ewick McMahon coming in second and Albert Tam and Ricky Wysocki tying for third. So going right into our predictions, even though Tyler's not here, he did send me his picks so I could go over them. He, No surprise, he picked Paul McBeth to win. He's a you know very big Paul McBeth fan, and it's hard to pick against the guy that's won the last five. And second place, he put Simon Lazat, another strong competitor this year, and, you know, someone you always expect to do good in Europe. And then third place, he picked Albert Tam, who, you know, might be a questionable decision if we weren't talking about the tournament that he got third in in 2019. And then his sleeper pick, who, for the sleeper picks for the MPO division, the men's division, we picked players outside the top 50 on UDISC. So Tyler did cut it close. He picked Linus Carlson, who was 51st in the UDISC rankings. But, you know, another European player who you hope to see good in this event, so that's a strong pick. My picks, I also picked Paul McBeth to win. You can't, I don't think you can pick against the guy that's won it the past five years. You know, even though he struggled recently, just uh, the, with his history of winning this tournament, like we talked about last week when we were looking ahead 
to this one. It's it's his tournament to lose. So even though he's in a little bit of a slump, not his typical season, I Tyler and I both agree that he has the best chance of winning. And second place, I picked Ricky Waisaki, who also usually does good at this event. And he's, you know, he hasn't been... I've expected him to win or get second place the last couple tournaments, which he hasn't since he's been back. But I think same as Paul, he'll probably return to winning form. And then a little bit of a surprising pick for third, I picked Greg Barsby, who, you know, in 2017, he finished second at this event. And then just winning the Sula Open, I'm hoping, you know, he'll have some momentum coming into this thinking you know, even though he just won an A tier he did beat some solid competition and my sleeper pick I went a lot farther down the list and I picked Canute Highland I think he you know he's in 60th in the rankings but I'm pretty sure that's just because UDISC you know they only take into account big tournaments and you know Canute has not played in a lot of tournaments they would recognize, which leads him to get a lower ranking. But I think he'll take a solid finish. And then you want to do your picks? Sure. Um, I am going to switch up Tyler's a little bit and put Simon in first. Since and I just, mine. I picked Paul to win, too. Oh, okay. Since I just found out Simon is European, I'm going to say he's going to win. And since Paul has been in a little bit of a slump, I'm moving him down to second. That's probably smart. And... I'm going to go with Eagle for third okay. since he should be well-rested and hopefully he's taken enough time off this time that his shoulder is truly rehabbed. Yeah. Hopefully he'll make a good showing. I am not going to do a sleeper pick because I don't know <laughs> enough about the other players who are not the real popular win-a-lot players, so it would just me be me randomly picking a name off the list. I'm surprised you didn't pick... Kevin Jones, one of your I know, favorite I know, players. I know, I do like him. <laughs> and we are notoriously bad at picking players to win these tournaments. So, we'll see. You might just come out and blow us all out of the water. You did switch it up a little bit. You, you know, I think Simon's definitely... You just switched Tyler's first two picks. <laughs> but then, the you know, we didn't put Eagle in our top three, which might be a mistake. We'll see. You might beat us this week. And that's all for the MPO division. In the FPO division, we only have 24 players that are registered on the PGA website, so I don't know if that'll change before the tournament starts, if more will sign up. But we still have some notable players, such as Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, Evelina Salonen, and Kona Panis. And as opposed to the men, this tournament's only been played four times instead of five since 2013. But in 2013, Paige Pierce won. 2015, Katrina Allen won, and then she repeated in 2017, and then Paige Pierce came back and won again, most recently in 2019. So, you know, the same two people have won this event last four times it's been held, which led Tyler and I to put both of them in our top threes. Tyler picked Paige to win and Katrina Allen to follow, and Paige Pierce, just like Paul McBeth, has struggled recently. She... You know, especially with Kristen Tatar being out for a while, which she's again out for this tournament. We expected Paige to step up and, you know, win or get a lot of top threes, but she hasn't even been getting top tens recently. But, you know, just like Paul, Tyler expects Paige to rebound and get the win, with Katrina Allen coming in second. And then Evelina Solonen, we did a whole segment about her a week or two ago. 
and talked about how she is one of the best female players from the tee box and the fairway, but statistically one of the worst from the putting green. You know, she's always one of the top players in gained strokes, you know, gained tee to green, stuff like that. But she's consistently one of the worst at circle one, two putting, and she usually loses quite a few strokes on the putting green. But she is from Europe, so we'll see if she can, you know, scrape together some putts. Because if she keeps throwing the disc like she does, as long as she can, you know, even make 70, 60, 70% of her putts, she'll be in good shape. But So that's Tyler's top three. And his sleeper pick, which we do the M, or the FPO picks outside the top 20 on U-Disc, since the field isn't quite as large. He picked Kona Panis, again, who is 28th in the U-Disc rankings. I think he's picked her just about every week. And my top three, I picked Katrina Allen to win. And then I actually didn't pick... Page to get second, I actually took another player from the Team Europe. Uh, I picked Hina Bloomru to get second, who, you know, I think she doesn't play every tournament since she's a predominantly European player. But I think, you know, her being at a course, I'm sure she's played quite a few times. I think she'll take a solid finish. And then I do have Paige Pierce rounding out my top three. And then my sleeper pick, just like the MPO, I went a lot farther down the list, all the way to 39th. I picked Jenny Engstrom, who is also a European player. And, you know, 39th, you might think she's taking just a lot of low finishes, but she actually has three tournaments on her U-Disc record, which are all in Finland, where this tournament is being held. And in those tournaments, she's gotten 4th, 2nd, and 7th. So her problem isn't finishes, it's just the volume of tournaments she's playing. So I think she's definitely a top-level player, and she'll do very well this tournament. And then looking forward, you know, at the, also this weekend, we do have a tournament in the U.S. We have the Clash of the Canyons in Lockport, Illinois. And obviously with the field being spread out all over the place right now, you know, some in Europe, some are in the U.S., not a strong field at Clash of the Canyons. But we do have one of the top three players this year, Gannon Burr, in attendance. So, you know, some other 1,000-rated players still like Kayla Visca, Chris Clemens, Gavin Rathwell, and Andrew Marweed. But I think we all expect Gannon, that's definitely his tournament to lose, being one of the top players in a you know weakened field. So we'll see. We'll go ahead and recap that next week too. Then after the, the major in Europe, we have an Elite Series event July 29th to 31st, still a ways out, but that's the Discraft Great Lakes Open. So next week after we give you a recap of the Euro Open, we'll go ahead and give you a preview of that. But that's all we have today. Do you have any closing thoughts? Any any tips you would give someone as a you know, you've been playing disc golf just about since I started, which is you know, not almost as, three years not ago. Not as often as not you as often. play, but yeah, play occasionally. You're an experienced beginner. Yeah, yeah. I still like to throw my disc at, at trees and skip holes that have water. Oh, I think I'm... that's some advanced players too. <laughs> um, my beginner tri- tip from a true beginner um, is just don't try to imitate what you see on TV. Uh, don't watch Jomez and think you're going to be able to do, you know, run up and throw the disc off the tee. Maybe maybe start with just standing just stand on still. the tee and throw your disc and when you get your form your throwing form down then you can move on to uh, trying to take a step or 
several steps before you attempt running up there and throwing it. I think that's definitely a good tip because, and also, like if you're a beginner, you should always be throwing lower speed discs. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I still like my beast. Yeah, it's it's very common for you know beginners to want to throw the drivers because those are the fun ones to throw. But yeah, that's that's a good tip. At least you know maybe do standstill for a little bit. Try to get your your arm down, and it is like she said, not a good idea to go watch Jomez and try to do what they do. But it is a good idea to go watch other YouTube videos, beginner YouTube videos. Maybe that would be a good idea for uh, Jackson and Tyler to put on their. Instagram page, put a couple of... Some beginner tips? Yes, videos. Okay, going right into our Instagram, you can go follow us at subpardg, it is S-U-B-P-A-R-D-G on Instagram, and yeah, we'll we'll do a beginner tip video pretty soon, give you a couple of helpful tips. If you want to go check us out, you can follow us there. And obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably already found the podcast link, but it will be there along with our TikTok, so you can go follow us on all of those. We gave you a couple recaps, gave you a couple previews, a couple beginner tips with our special guest. But that's all we have today. We will see you next week.